Welcome, everyone, to Over and Back. We are halfway home, day four of eight straight days of podcasts. This one finally has got some meat on the bones. This is uh, this is one I was looking forward to. Last night was a great kickoff to college basketball. Actually, as you, if you listened yesterday, I didn't get to watch a ton because I had a volleyball banquet to go to for Caden last night. But I was able to catch a lot of the stuff started at 5.30, 6 o'clock. And then I went to the volleyball banquet, kept track of my phone a little bit. Came home, was able to watch Trimble. Great game between Creighton and, and St. Thomas was going on. Duke was even on. I didn't, even, I, didn't watch, I didn't watch a single second of Duke. Saw that they were like up by eight at halftime, and they ended up winning by, I don't know, 20 or 30. Uh, I know they were missing some guys. but So this is where I'm going to try to do this once a week for sure. If I have to do emergency ones because of whatever reason, I'll do it. I don't know what night we're going to do them on. It's just probably going to fit in my schedule. I'll do it. We're going to recap these 22 kids for the most part. We'll throw in some other Wisconsin kids that are still playing. But the main point of this podcast uh, is is going to be covering these 22 kids that are now in college that were top performers, top ranked kids in the state of Wisconsin. Now they're off at other schools across the country playing basketball. So that's the point of today's podcast. Like I said, we got some, finally we got some meat on the bones, something to talk about. It, I don't know how long this is going to be. Maybe I'll run out of things to talk about. So let's... Uh, I don't know how we want to get this started. I guess I, I I hinted at this yesterday, so let me just finish this. Let me just be more specific, okay? I have no idea how many parents of these kids are going to listen to this, right? I don't. I'm sure some will. Your kids are big boys now. Actually, they're not kids technically, right? They're adults. They're in college. They're freshmen in college. And I'm not sitting here. Gonna, I'm not going to sit there and hammer on these kids or anything like that, right? But we're going to criticize them. Probably, probably going to get criticism here and there, right? They might have a bad game. I'm probably going to tell them that they had a bad game. Maybe they shot a lot. Maybe they turn the ball over a lot. It's it's going to happen, right? I'm just going to go through the stats, what I saw, if I didn't see, anything that I know information-wise, you know, competition that they're playing, anything like that. So I'm just, I know your parents, and when people talk bad about, not even bad, when people talk about your kids, if it's not like 100% perfect to a T, you get a little sensitive and you get upset, okay? And all I'm asking you is that maybe you just take a step back and look at it from someone watching the game and be like, oh, yeah, my kid did do that. Oh, yeah, that was how it was. Oh, yeah, maybe the team they played wasn't that great. You know, like, let's just be real, okay? I've always tried to be real, and I and people can sit here, I'm biased, I, uh, whatever. I will always back up my stuff with facts. That That is it. So I don't, people can people who know me like, oh, you like to argue, you like to debate. Yeah, I like to argue and debate when I know I'm right. That's the point. I don't like to get in arguments where I can't back it up. What's the point of that? It's not very fun. So I'm prefacing this. I'm not. I'm not coming into this going. Well, we're we're gonna destroy and rip on all these all these players and why they played like shit or why they're not playing or anything like that. Okay, it is what it is. This is a big jump for a lot of these kids. For every one of them, it's a big jump. I mean, most of these kids in this list are D. They're. I mean, most of the kids we're gonna talk about are D1 kids. That's a big jump to go from Wisconsin State basketball to D1 college basketball. It's it's and obviously it depends on who you're playing that time that night whatever. But it's it's a big jump. And some of these kids are going to struggle at times. I hope as a parent you would know that your kid is probably going to struggle at times. And we're going to talk about the good, and we're going to talk about the bad, and we're going to talk about the ineffective, and we're going to talk about the productivity. We're going to talk about it all. That's the point of this. Okay, so everyone just, no need to get all sensitive. I'm just reporting how these kids are playing with my view on it. Am I going to be right all the time? Maybe. Maybe I, maybe I missed a, a, a few plays and, and something went away that I didn't see it. I'm, I'm giving you what I, can, what I see, what the box score shows me and tells me, and we go from there. I just want, I want people to be able to, like, I go through a lot of these box scores and I've, I've written down the minutes. I have a whiteboard in my, in my studio right now that has everyone's points, rebounds, assists, how many minutes they played, all that stuff. 
if you don't want to take the time to go through all that stuff to track all these kids, listen to the podcast. I'll give it to you. I, I got the information for you. All you have to do is tune in. All right, let's start with, I think, the person that deserves the top billing, number one player in the state last year, Seth Trimble. If anyone watched North Carolina played it at 8 o'clock last night, and if everyone watched a game, it was a little underwhelming. Uh, and maybe it's just, I mean, it's North Carolina. That's a lot of pressure. Trimble played 15 minutes. He had four points, one block, three fouls. It's it's probably a typical start to a season of what you would expect of someone that, that was playing at that high of a level, like that high of a school level, They're the number one team in the country. But it's it's early in the season. They won by 13. It wasn't a great game. You know, I, I, I don't know what the, the spread was, but some of this, some of these first night games are just going to be getting these jitters out, right? So Trimble didn't look great. And I don't, I mean, I don't know, I guess he didn't start, which is not expected. North, again, North Carolina is the number one team in the country. And I have no idea what everyone's expectations are. I didn't know what to, you know, that's the thing we're going to figure out sometimes through these podcasts and as these weeks go, who's getting more minutes, who's playing, who's not playing. And we had a bunch of kids on the list that didn't play last night. And that's fine. It is what it is. Some of these kids went to top schools. They can't just jump in. It, like I said, big jump from high school to D1 college basketball in the ACC. So Trimble, in the sense of what you wanted to see from Seth Trimble, that's what he, what he showed you last year. You didn't get it last night. All right, it's it's not the end of the world. One game, we move on. Second person on the list, Andrew Rohde. St. Thomas played Creighton tight, tight all night. Really good game. Rohde started. Rode, he started. He started slow. He missed his first few shots. And then he got going. He played 34 minutes, but just a ton of minutes. Uh, he scored 15 points, three rebounds, two assists, had a steal, two turnovers. Didn't didn't look like he was that the moment scared him or that he was, you know, afraid of the moment. He Creighton's number nine in the country and St. Thomas played him well. They shot well. Rody Rody looks like a player that, and I've said this, I think with flood the last podcast with him, Rody looks like a, a kid that's going to be maybe moving on from St. Thomas and not that St. Thomas, obviously St. Thomas is a pretty good team. They, they played Creighton tight last night, he just, but he just looks like he should be at a bigger, a bigger, better, higher level school. I'm not saying he is. I have no inside information. I don't think I've ever talked to Andrew Rody in my life. I have no idea who his parents are. I don't know anything. So I, he just looks like that. All right, maybe maybe we're going to move on to a little bit higher level school after the first year. But he played, he played I thought, pretty well and looked looked comfortable. Next player on the board, probably you could say had the best night last night, Jackson Pavletsky. Uh, 16 points, three rebounds, four assists, one steal, 24 minutes. He was six for six from the field. Um. They played Bob Jones University. So here's where people like uh, – so while Rody played Creighton, might have might have been one of the toughest teams on the slate. This was probably the worst team on the slate. It is what it is. I, I'm sure if you talk to Jackson's father, he would tell you, yeah, the team that they played last night was not that great. Bob Jones University. I don't even – they're like an independent school. I don't even know. I tried, I tried to find out. They're like, they're like an independent school. I was reading some D3 stuff, and then they were maybe D2 – they were in like a D2 conference or a conference with mostly D2. I don't even know. I just know that they are god-awful. It was it was a blowout. It, it was I think the score at some point. I think they went on a twenty zero run at some point. But Jackson played well, so I would say this: you'd rather see it than not, right? If you're going to win a game by fifty points, sixty points, you'd rather see him put up sixteen points than not put up sixteen points. He looked good. He took. He was patient. He took what the defense gave him. I look at that six for six from the from the field. He didn't force anything. You know, I saw him the first first few possessions. There was a couple of shots. I'm like, huh, that's. I would have thought Jackson would have taken that shot. That's what I've seen Jackson take in the past. Didn't take him. He was patient. His first eight points came off came off layups. His tenth uh, 
tenth, ninth and tenth point came off a, a spin move that we've seen for a long time in the lane. Um, hit a three later. He he was he was efficient and he played well. And I'm excited to see this Wofford team play obviously better competition to see what we can really what really is gonna what we really looking at right because it, it's tough to get a gauge last night in a game like that that it's such a blowout and Jackson Jackson can score he is he's he's always been a good scorer. So I wasn't surprised with how he played last night, knowing the competition wasn't the greatest. I'm excited to see him against some better teams, which we will see going forward as Wofford's schedule definitely gets gets much tougher. Uh, let's see next on this. Stephen Clay, 17 minutes, five points, four rebounds, one steal, four fouls. I think he was like two for eight from the field. Probably not the greatest debut for Stephen Clay that he wanted. He probably should, he would have hit some more shots, uh, but he played, which is which is great. It's I mean he's he he got his he got his feet wet and hopefully going forward. He'll get more minutes, he'll get more efficient, score more points, contribute to the team. Jack, My boy Jack Campion, I love Jack Campion. I am, a, I am a big Jack Campion fan. The greatest stat line, I don't even know if Jack listens to this podcast. I'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to get the word out to him. This is the greatest stat line from last night. He played 10 minutes. By the way, when he it's 10 minutes that he played, he looked good. God, he's so, fa- he's so fast, it's incredible. But he looked good. For the, well, There's one part of the stat that's funny, but 10 minutes... He scored two points, had two really nice assists. He's just, he's hard to guard. He opens things up for everyone else, which is the point of why he's on the team, right? And maybe you're asking, why he only played 10 minutes if you thought he looked good, Sam? Well, he had five falls. So, Jack, let's, uh, let's, let's work. Let's bring down the hacking a little bit, Jack. Let's, let's not try to fall out of every game this year. 10 minutes, five falls. I, I looked at that stat line. I was running it down like, that's awesome. Uh, last player on the list that actually played, Chevalier Emery, played nine minutes, uh, came off the bench late hit a three, and then just <laughs> took took four more shots. So he got five shots up in nine minutes, hit a three. Uh, that was Chevalier Emery's game in a loss to uh, to St. John's. Some DNPs on the list. Um, and maybe not surprising, I, I prefaced this yesterday with um, with some of the guys that we were, you know, we were, we were talking about it. Uh, Leon Bond, DNP. Danilo from Miami. DNP. Max Nelson, DNP. However, he is in the concussion protocol from what I heard from, I guess, the announcer said last night. And it sounds like he's supposed to be the backup big. So my guess is Max Nelson will be playing going forward. And then Chris Morgan, they played Michigan. Chris Morgan was a DNP as well. I don't know if this is going to be like that for the rest of the year. I don't know if all these guys are, can, you know, aside from Max, if Leon, Danilo, and, and Morgan are going to be DNPs. I don't know. I have no idea how it's going to be. I, I said it yesterday from what I've read. Danilo and Leon are just maybe on the outside looking in right now. They're going to get in probably in blowouts and things like that. And they didn't have really blowouts last night. So we'll have to wait and see. And, you know, look, they got practices. They can prove themselves, you know, and and maybe they know. And I'm not even saying that they went into this year thinking that they were going to play all the time, right? They made decisions probably knowing if they were going to play or not going to play. They're probably not surprised that they were DNPs. I'm assuming they knew it. So we'll keep it forward. You know, we'll keep looking at it as we go forward here. Uh, hopefully we can get in some games. We can get some stat lines. We can talk more. You know, the more players at DNP, the less, the shorter this podcast is going to be. All right. So those are your 22 kids. Uh, some other uh, Wisconsin kids I just threw in this list here because I previously used to talk about two of these, right? Jordan McCabe. Yes, Jordan McCabe is still playing college basketball. I know people think, well, geez, he's old enough to be what some of these kids' fathers. <laughs> that's that's a good joke. That's a really good joke. <laughs> he's He's playing at UNLV. Uh, McCabe played 14 minutes. You got a lot. That was a good joke. If anyone is mad or sensitive at, the, at that joke, come on, get out of here. 
14 minutes, he had six points and two steals for UNLV late last night. Keyshawn Justice, 29 minutes. Not a great shooting night for Keyshawn. I love, again, I said this before. When, I, when those guys played at Holy Cross years ago, it was McCabe and Keyshawn Justice and Halliburton played. Keyshawn Justice was the best player on that team. He played the best on that team at Holy Cross, in my opinion. He played better than Halliburton, I thought. Obviously, their their paths of basketball have gone a little bit different, but Keyshawn Justice still at Santa Clara. Six points, four rebounds, two assists in 29 minutes. I forgot this guy was on Santa Clara because he just transferred there. So this is this will tell you, this kind of brings it all back full circle. So we talked about these guys, how big of a jump it is from Wisconsin State High School basketball. All of a sudden, you go to a D1. What do you expect? You know, Did you go there because you wanted a high-level offer? Did you go there because you thought you were going to play? You know, Everyone has their own reasons. Brandon Podzemski, jeez, I always hate pronouncing his last name. Brandon Podzemski. So anyway, I forgot he transferred to Santa Clara. He was at Illinois. If you remember last night, last year at Illinois, he did not play. He went to a top one of the top Big Ten schools, and he did not play. Maybe he realized, why, why am I wasting a year, or why am I wasting this time? If I'm not going to play, I'm going to go somewhere I can play. Maybe it's a better fit, right? Some of these kids may, this is, and I'm not saying he did this, but sometimes kids make decisions and go to schools to like prove everyone that hey look at me I can go to this level of school you don't, you don't think I'm as good as I as maybe you think and I, I but I'm gonna prove it and then they go there and they don't they don't play or they don't play well and they realize like what am I doing I'm gonna transfer someone else again I'm not saying that I'm not saying that that's what he did but anyways what what a great decision to transfer 33 minutes 30 points nine rebounds two assists five steals looks like that was a great decision for Podzemski and by the way he went to Santa Clara from Illinois. The scenery is much better out there. I'm, I think that was a, even if he even if he scored three points last night, it's probably a probably a great move. And then as I was doing that, I realized, oh shit, that's right, Kobe Johnson, USC. Let's check in with Kobe. I heard he was starting this year. He did start. Nineteen minutes, six points, four rebounds, one assist, four steals. So 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 debut as a starter. Not it's he's starting for USC. It's it's a great school. Again, great scenery out there. So I'm gonna t- we're gonna follow those four guys along with those the class of 22 guys. We'll keep an eye on McCabe, Justice, Podzemski, and Kobe Johnson. If I'm forgetting someone else, let me know. I just I, I just like I'd like to see how these kids kind of go through uh, the season. Like I think Mark Miller put something out at the end of last year about how everyone fared. Right? Um, oh, I should check out what Joplin's doing. But like those, how everyone fared in their first year, and you look at all these top kids. I mean. Podzemski was Mr. Basketball, so and he didn't even play his freshman year at Illinois, really. Now he's Santa Clara, and he's got 30 points in his first game. But uh, it's it's uh, it's eye opening. Some of these kids just don't do a lot. It's it's there's not they're not boys anymore. Like you're playing against grown ass men who are athletic as hell, big, strong, fast, and it's sometimes it's eye opening. So we're gonna keep track, as I always say, as all these guys go forward. I think most of these guys probably play next on Friday. I haven't checked the schedules yet, but my guess is most of them will play Friday or Saturday. I don't know when the next podcast will be. I'm already wrapping this thing up a little bit here. Uh, what we got a couple couple games tonight that I want to keep an eye on. Some players, so UW Oshkosh plays. So we've got some some FEA kids that went there. Some other kids around the area. Uh, Matt Emig from Ashwaubenon. I know he's not an FEA kid. I just led with his name. Sorry. Uh, Feldhausen from Appleton East. Carter Thomas from uh, Nina. And uh, Jack Jorgensen from De Pere. I have no idea if any of those four kids are going to play. I do not know. Oshkosh typically has a really, really good roster. I don't know if any of these kids are going to step up and start step in and start playing right away. So we're going to watch that. 
Uh, keep an eye on that game. I think they played Lawrence. I think it's at Lawrence. Maybe I should go. Actually, I think it's uh, $2 tacos at El Agave, so I might be there. And uh, two for one margaritas. And uh, JJ Piter from um, Nina as well plays for UW Lacrosse. They have a game tonight as well. And from what I understand, JJ, I think, is starting and I think is going to see big minutes. I think he's their biggest kid. He's their main big. So I'm excited for JJ for sure. A, a big supporter of the Unintentional Podcast. I know JJ is. So hopefully he'll have a good debut for for UW Lacrosse. And we'll keep it going. We're just we're gonna keep it going with this stuff. I'm so excited it's basketball season. To uh to remind everyone, we will have a FEA preview on Thursday. Tomorrow we will have Spread and Bread. If everyone doesn't know, Spread and Bread is live at eight o'clock on the podcast Unintentional Podcast Network YouTube channel. So typically it doesn't post to Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, or anything like that. It just is live on YouTube, and you can check it out on YouTube. If you don't want to watch it live, you can watch it the next morning on YouTube. That's where we go through all the NFL spreads, gambling, things like that. And uh, one last thing I did want to say before we before I wrap this up here, this podcast, I, I was going to talk about it yesterday, and it just it totally slipped my mind. But if you guys have, if anyone has not watched the Redeem Team on Netflix, it's about an hour and a half long, just kind of documentary on the Dream Team. It is really, really good. Uh, if, if you hate Coach K, maybe you won't like it as much. Coach K is in, in it a lot. But I think even even my buddy Mike, who's a North Carolina fan, said he really liked it. He, saw, he thought Coach K was really was really good in it. I loved it. It was, it was really, really entertaining. Just some things I wrote down as I'm watching it. So I've never been a big Kobe Bryant fan. I, I just haven't. He comes across really, really, really likable. Just really likable. And I think we all kind of you kind of know Kobe's competitiveness and things like that. And there's just, this gives you a little glimpse of it, a little bit more of a glimpse of it, which is a really, really cool scene, really cool story with him and Paul Gasol when they played each other for the first time in the, in the Olympics, whatever. It just, it's, I think I like, I just yelled out loud. Wow. Like it was just, it was really cool. So Kobe comes across really likable like that. Chris Bosh. I've always thought this, but Chris Bosh is hilarious. I love Chris Bosh. Like if there's a, a list of five guys that I'd like to go have a drink with and just shoot the shit about basketball, Chris Bosh will be at the top of my list. Coach K again. Coach K is amazing. Love Coach K. He you get him swearing and dropping f bombs in this documentary, which is just it's funny to see Coach K what he looks like and and all these things you hear about him, just how amazing of a coach he is, and then just he's just dropping f bombs, uh, which is just it's just funny to see. Carmelo, another guy I've never really been a, a too big of a fan of. Just I just haven't been. He comes across really likable in the documentary, and then just some other things. I was like, God, why is why are certain things like, like why was Jason Kidd on the team? You know, it's kind of like one of those vets, and it's like, why is Jason Kidd on the team? It's towards the end of his end of his of his career, but whatever. I still don't believe that. I, I still can't believe they have five fouls in the Olympics. Five. I'm actually surprised they still have five fouls anywhere. I get high school, but like, I think it's time to ramp. Let's just put it to six. Can we not do six fouls through all of college college basketball? I'm I'm surprised that the Olympics with grown men and most of them are professionals, almost all of them are professionals that probably play in all leagues that are six fouls, just knock it up to six falls that that that, that just that's just it's a head scratcher and then the last note ahead is how fucking good is rudy fernandez like rudy fernandez and i and i get it, like he played in the nba for a bit and just i don't didn't like it or it's a different game and maybe and it's like there's a lot of guys that fit the european game better than than the nba game it is totally different but rudy fernandez in this i'm like jesus god he was good rudy fernandez was good so if you have not watched the redeem team it's on Netflix. It's about an hour and a half long. It is well worth the hour and a half that you will spend watching it. Trust me. 
you probably, most of you probably, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a basketball fan, you've probably already watched it, and you're probably like, yep, the Redeem team is great. Sam, I can't believe it took you this long to watch it. So if you've seen it, uh, shoot, me a, shoot me a message on Twitter. See if, tell, me what you, tell me what you think. Otherwise, if you have not, tune in Netflix, Redeem team, great documentary. That's going to do it. It's about 20 minutes in. Um, like I said, we're gonna, we'll follow these kids going forward. FEA preview on Thursday. If you have any thoughts, if you have any any opinions you want to shoot me before then, uh, at Spread and Bread on Twitter, send me a DM. Let me know. Let me know of anything. If you if you ever want to talk about anything, like, like I said, people send me DMs like, "When are you doing the next flood podcast?" If you have anything you want me to talk about, you want my opinion on anything, let me know. I'll uh, I'll see if I can approach it. I'm sure I can approach it on the podcast. I got all the time in the world to do it. So we will see you. Hopefully, we'll see you tomorrow on the live spread and bread. Otherwise, we will see you on Thursday. What is sure to be a great podcast previewing the FEA with a lot of focus on this Nina love that I just do not see. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you Thursday.